What's up, people? Welcome back to the TNG Golfcast. This is Garth. Of course, our nice to meet is Tom. How are we doing, folks? Welcome back. Um, apologies for the delay in between episodes. Unfortunately, one of the the team here was really, <laughs> really, really unwell. Um, but you're back, fighting fit. Yeah, again, my man. How are you doing? I'm good. I actually have a voice again now. I don't sound like a bag of rusty nails like the last episode that we <laughs> recorded. And then it only got worse and I managed to get a little bit of tonsillitis with a wee bit of a fever on top of it. So yeah, that was good fun. So we're over that now, back fighting fit. And uh, we're not going to talk about any small boats, are we, this this week with this country? Or, no, we're, we're staying well clear of the politics because we don't want to get cancelled because apparently the government come for sports people now. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't make comments on Twitter anymore. No. Supposedly, you know what I mean? Well, I hope they don't look at my Twitter then, because I went rather raj. <laughs> but there you go. Ah, one of those things, mate, one of those things. So yeah, welcome back. We're now on episode six. Um, We're having a bit of a fanboy for you. Yeah, basically. Episode, aren't we? It's for us as well as you guys, to be fair. Eh? Well, yeah, I think most of the golfing world will always love this man and appreciate him, but we'll, we'll delve into that in due course. Yeah, so basically, this is all about the one... The only Tiger Woods. Yeah, I think we'll probably go down in terms of golf itself as the greatest. You see, this is the argument that's always going to stand out. Tiger or Jack? Tiger or Jack? Now for us, our generation is Tiger. Yeah. So we go what we see, what we know. You can't deny Jack's record. You can't deny... But it still stands today. It's, exactly. It's, it's there. It's... <clears throat> Do you think it's going to change? No. I can't see it. If Tiger won't do it, then really, who else could be capable of doing it? I'll, I'll give my reasons as to why I don't think it'll change. Yeah. Um, late, well, during the episode. But we'll just, before we fully delve into it, because we've already kind of skipped ahead of where we wanted to be. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you best, know, then. once we start talking about the GOAT, if it is the GOAT, if we class him as the GOAT, then we get carried away. But... Just a brief update of where we are. Obviously, we missed Bay Hill last week because of my illness. Um, can't say I watched any of it because I was in my bed. <laughs> they charged you of watching any of it, no? No. <coughs> um, I watched maybe two days worth, but then I had to leave for trouble for work. So yeah, it was not so it, it was kind of knackered on both of us either way. But So this week we're at the players. Usually when I actually really try and make an effort to sit down and watch. Yeah. And I think I've seen 20 minutes of it. Really? Yeah. Um, not because John Ram pulled out with illness after day one. <laughs> he got the performing one. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I didn't really feel it this year. I don't know if it's maybe that defending champion can't be there. That's a bit. He was there, though. Just well, down the road. he is. <laughs> maybe throwing some heckles at certain yeah, players. We Mooney course down the road he was playing there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I just don't know. Didn't didn't really get the, the vibe for it this year. The, usually it's the unofficial fifth major yeah. it's always yeah. gets big hype and the par 317th is always worth watching i did see on twitter the highlights of was it buckley yeah getting his hole in one but yeah other than that i might have smiled a little bit too hard at hearing that a certain gentleman didn't make the cut might have been his six hour meeting in the board on wednesday yeah but makes sense that i mean <clears throat> we know that He's on the board. He's there with Monaghan in these meetings. But the rumour is he was in a meeting that lasted over six hours. The puppet master needed to play with his puppets? Basically, yeah. I mean, the night before, well, the unofficial fifth major. Should we, should we go even further then? Go back to the what we missed in the week <coughs> of Bay Hill where they, like should, yeah. they decided to... I think they've rebranded, have they not? Is it now not the, the Live PGA Tour? <laughs> It's an absolute shambles. Absolute shambles, mate. I mean... The worst part of it was all the reporters who are clearly tied heavily to the PGA, the players themselves, apart from Matt Fitzpatrick, who's doubled down on his opinion that they should not be... Yeah, Yeah. he's come out full swing mode on that. Um, So he's not back down. But the rest of them all changed changed their tune. That... Well, we've had no cuts before. If you look at the World Golf champ, like match plays, there's never been cuts in that, and they go for four or five days. 
there's been other events where it's maybe a more selected field. Mm-hmm. This is going to be really bonus uh, bonus for the players, and you've got to start thinking about the the players. And, well, hang on a minute, I thought golf was for the fans, is what yeah. you were telling us last time. Like two weeks ago, and live is not not for the fans. It's going to hurt the game, <coughs> and you've carbon copied it. So I'm surprised they didn't come out this week with an announcement saying that in the following season they're going to have the same designated events mm. with no cuts 54 holes and a shotgun start because it's the only thing missing that's I mean the tweet that went out from Worth about the same the night it happened was announced yeah. flattery something the like imitation's that. the best form that's of flattery it. yeah and then you've seen Greg Norman straight away retweet and then you've seen Lee Westwood I've been saying just, it for months it's just free promo <laughs> do you know what <coughs> I, you say he's my favorite or one of my favorite golfers. He's, I'm indifferent to the guy. I just I love his ability, short game wise, when he was at his power, the peak of his powers. Phil Mickelson's been proven right now. Yeah, he's been validated by everything that the PGA have done since. Every decision that Jay Monahan has taken has completely proven Mickelson right. Yeah, yeah. With everything he said, and the one thing that's always and was always going to get hurt out of this is our near and dear European tour because they've been left in the dust again and they've been taking the piss out of yet again and I've got my own views on that and it's down to their leadership because of I believe he's wanting to line himself up with a job with the PGA anyway yeah 100% but McElroy came out and literally Shush the whole conversation of the European Tour under the rug as well. Again, though, again, but like he was questioned on it like years ago as well. You know what I mean? It's just so. Marco's yeah. meant to be the, like the shining knight, shining armor, and all I, this. I think there's been a few chinks in that armor. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. From the on the back of this, I don't think he fully was as in the know as he thought he was with whatever Monaghan's plans were and how he was going to combat this. I think he may have realised he's been deemed a little bit of a puppet here, hence why I made the puppet master comment earlier. <laughs> Max Homer, another one. He obviously he's now on the players' board as well. I, yeah, him coming out and saying what he said and and trying to defend it from a player's point of view. He's just shot down his own path to be where he is now for the future guys. Yeah, and the guys that are on the cusp or on the fringe. So I'm not surprised as much um, aggro with the players that are classed as outside the top 50 in the world rankings in the PGA because they'll be looking at that and going, hang on a minute, why are you looking after yourselves? Yeah. I thought we were a tour. I can see more movement. I can see more movement from PGA to love. I mean, you see the guys that love have got. They've got the big names. And they've got also guys who are like ranked in like the thousands. Like the 900s. Yeah. But they all went for money, or whatever reason. But this announcement is definitely going to get people thinking. Now, eh? I think it's certainly there for them to capitalise on. Yeah. Um, if they have a a semi-decent season, mm-hmm. and they think, right, we're now in a position where, like I've maybe said before, <coughs> that we that their big plan is to have a second league. Well, now they can start going cherry-picking those players that are outside the top 60 that are not guaranteed to be getting big money in the next couple of seasons. I mean, it's that, and like, we were, like, we talked about it between us a few weeks ago, but the TGL mm-hmm. is starting as well, with the Monday Night League. Yeah, that's taking even more attention away from the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean... Which McElroy is so heavily involved in as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously Tiger. Because he forgot um, he's got to practice to get better. I know most golfers have to do it, and we're all the same, but when you're really not playing well, and your your driver is not performing, and you're blaming the new technology <laughs> and wishing that you could go back to the older technology yeah. and spitting the dummy out because a certain person who we are going to talk in great length for the rest of this episode starts out driving you at Riviera. That was good to see. That was good to see. I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. I mean, how has he got time to play golf when he's putting fires out everywhere he goes for Jay Monaghan in the PGA Tour? Causing fires as well. Well, He's causing, obviously, yeah. You can't just, yeah. I've said it, I'm sure I've said it before on here, but if not, you and I have always talked about great lengths in golf, and I've said it to you many times. McElroy's his own worst enemy. He's, 
obviously go back to the Netflix full swing. He is obsessed with this idea of legacy, but I don't think he's got the right idea of what he wants his legacy to be. Does he want his legacy to be that he was the player that improved the PGA Tour from a business point of view, or does he want to be known as a legacy player in personal achievements within the game? That should be the legacy it goes for. That's exactly what it should be, but at the moment, I think he's too focused on the business. Yeah, what's the game going to be for him, though? Well, he's looking after his own pockets. He's going to line it. Well, he's always going to get his McIlroy. He's always going to get money wherever he goes. Yeah, you know? but, but it's kind of like, what's the end game for McIlroy and all this? I mean, Monaghan's obviously trying to get the, the brand, the PGA Tour, yeah. to higher heights and get the best players only playing for the PGA Tour. But when you think, go back to it again with the European Tour, like how many from the European Tour are going to be None. Showing face, exactly. None. That's None. the problem. Not, there's no, they've got no access point over <sighs> there now unless they win a major. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how it eh? looks to me now, which good for Minwoo Lee at the moment, doing well, being tied top where Scheffler. You see, he was 10 under. Players, the, yeah, yeah. the two of them were 10 under when last I looked. So good on him because obviously you need to win big now. You need to get yourself up there in the top 50 because once it's in, it looks like it's closed house. Yeah. Which not unlike their complaints about it being live. Now they're saying you can play your way into it if you win a big event or you play well for a couple of weeks. I'm sure you can quickly fall out of it as well. Yeah. So. I mean, the whole ranking system at the moment is knackered as well, <laughs> is it? So, yeah. we'll not go into that. No, we're not. But yeah, obviously, with Mark Lee, we'll talk about him. Um, Mr. Cut. Two, two rounds that were. Shocking. Nowhere near where Marco should be if you still aim at that number one spot. Um, 76 and 73. Now, I made a joke. I put it up on the social page the other night saying, well, obviously he's going to shoot 10 under tomorrow. Like, he, 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 he is one of those players, isn't he? A player of his ability. <laughs> he is one of those players. Yeah. He's a, he's a generational player. Yeah. There's no two ways about it with what he achieved young... And obviously coming through as a somewhat of a protege of the game and everything else like that and the impact that he had. But his biggest stumbling block has always been he's never identified his weaknesses and challenged them and corrected them quick enough. Yeah. And at the moment he's taking on too much, personally. But yeah, he is a generational talent, so he's got more than enough ability to um, go out and shoot 10 under around TPC Sawgrass yeah which is what you were alluding to when you made that post I was very quick to jump on it through my personal account <laughs> and say nah it's not going to happen but it was just my belief yeah, no so but yeah it's just I don't know man I mean I'm trying to rethink my uh, picks for the majors to be fair <laughs> um, but yeah we'll, we'll come into that another time yeah well the next one's the first one's not far around the corner. No, 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 it's not too far. Um, but in more positive news, although the tour will suffer from it, currently out in Kenya, the European tour, as I still refuse now to call it the other one. Yeah. Big Bob's playing well. He's second, one shot behind the leader. Nice. So hopefully Bob McIntyre can get himself a nice little win, get himself up those world rankings, and make himself some big money. Hopefully. Yeah. But unfortunately. That's what it's all about in a minute. It's always been that, the game of golf for these guys. It is their job, so yeah. you can't grudge them trying to make as much money as possible. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. <coughs> right, my man, let's get into it. <sighs> yeah. Tiger Woods, the greatest of all time. Our generation's reason? For, for loving the game. For loving the game. Yeah, there were, there were players in around that area that obviously were maybe coming towards the end of their careers as they were coming in, but they were big names. Yeah, Fred Couples, yeah. Well, Ernie Els was still big enough at that point. Ferguson, Faldo was sort of petering out. Monty yeah. was, he still did about another 10 years, but they weren't as young anymore. Yeah. Mark Alcavecchia, Marco Mira, these types of guys. <coughs> but by God, did that boy take the game by the scruff of the neck. Like, <clears throat> well, I'm saying generational talent. The reason for, well, certainly that boy I got into golf. I can imagine like no, a lot of people. It wasn't that much. Maybe for me. not for you, no. No, no obviously. Mine's, mine's were still with my dad. Yeah. Um, obviously, as we've previously stated, my dad's a big Nick Faldo fan. Yeah. 
so I was more watching the the Europeans in the game um, as a kid but I always Tiger you couldn't get away from him if you were sitting watching golf you were watching Tiger Woods yeah definitely yeah so, so yeah really it's all about Tiger this episode um, his rise his fall um, get himself into trouble. Uh, the comebacks that he's made. Um, redemptions. Well, redemptions, yeah, big time. I mean, for me, we'll talk about the the walk over the Sorkin at the one fiftieth. You need some tissues. I think I do. Yeah, because I'm probably going to cry again. And then things like the Tiger Woods PGA Tour video game. I mean, well, I done for golf and for people like my age and that when it first came out it was. Oh, insane yeah. for, I think the only game before if we're sticking on that just now I think the big name that they used to use for games on before that was Arnold Palmer yeah it was still I remember having a game on the PC it was Arnold Palmer PGA I think it was and it, it wasn't by EA Sports who obviously grabbed hold of Tiger and ran with it yeah but yeah he was just huge he just for a very long period of time he was bigger than the game oh yeah yeah 100%. 100%. So, yeah, let's start then. So, Eldrick Taunt Woods. Superstar was born December 30th, 1975. He is tied for first in PGA Tour wins. No shock there. Ranked second in the majors and holds numerous golf records. Again, no shock there. He's uh, regarded as one of the greatest golfers of all time. Like, you probably hear enough from us on <laughs> this podcast, as it is, but it's something that we both believe. So, yeah. And, of course, he is a. Uh, inductee of the World Golf Hall of Fame. This is what blows my mind, let's start. Um, world number one mm-hmm. for 683 weeks. Yep. Like, my math is utter shite, but you've just got to comprehend that into, like, how many yeah. years that is. Yeah. That's insane. Um, yeah. The, what more can you say about that? Uh, obviously, like I said, PGA Tour wins 82, tied with Sam Snead for all time. This is a good one for me. I like this start. European Tour. 41. And he's tied third of all time as well on that. That just shows you. Oh, yeah. The boy got himself about when he won. I, look, look, as he, he slightly called out that at Riviera, saying that a lot of, that they need to get a lot of their big guys in America to go abroad and start playing yeah. outside yeah. of America. Just to prove their... They are the best. Well, that, but to obviously prove that they can dominate everywhere. Yeah as Tiger clearly proved that he could do he just was built to play golf he not the best driver of the golf ball probably better and more consistent now yeah with his injuries than he was when he was at his prime and coming through a lot of that was down to his swing speed but his iron play his short game and his putting was and is just Exceptional. Yeah, I, I don't. Know, I, could, I could practice for the rest of my life and get to that level. To be fair, yeah. Um, the big one, obviously, talking about majors. Yeah, wins fifteen. He's won the the Masters five times. Ninety seven, two thousand and one, two thousand two, two thousand five, and twenty nineteen. Of course, uh, PGA Championship won it four times. Yep. Ninety nine, two thousand, or six, or seven. <laughs> U.S. Open. Three wins, 2000, 2002, 2008, and then, of course, the best major, <coughs> in my opinion, the Open. One of three times, 2000, 2005, and 2006. If you look at those stats with the majors, and how many back-to-backs he's got, yeah. you don't see a lot of that. But you look at that as well, you're talking about some back-to-backs and that, but that period between... 2000 to 2008. What is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of them in that time period. It's just unbelievable. He was... We had a brief period in the modern, or at least in the last decade, where Brooks Kepka slightly and ever so slightly tapped into what Tiger was like in that time period where if you turned up 
and you saw that person was there, mm. well, I'm playing to second this week. Yeah, I mean, Tarver straight away, it's just like Dublin, you're playing or not. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger won a lot then, but like you said, and Brooks obviously quoted him on it when he was in that time period where he won his four. He won it before he teed off. Yeah. Because everyone was always, right, I think I can play the, co- the course this way and get some success and that. But that guy over there has already won it. <laughs> Absolutely flinging. Flinging. Um, and obviously, well, no, he's not leading for the wins and majors. Excuse me. Yeah, the argument, obviously, about... So, we'll, we'll go back to where we were at the, the start of the episode. Will it ever change that Jack's record will be beaten? I don't think so. And Tiger's probably got a massive part of the reason as to why it will never change. Yeah. Because he changed the game. There are very few players that have graced the game that have had such a massive, monumental change in the game. The way he practiced, the way he looked after his body, the way he drilled his body, he just ate, slept, and then played golf and gymmed like no one else at the time. Yeah, the routine's yard. He became, he was, Gary Player will tell you he was the first one to do it, and yes, he did. He treated it as a sport in terms of needing to be an athlete but Tiger was yeah just on another level different levels mate different levels so him doing that everyone around him at that time had to re re-evaluate how they viewed their practice and how they treated their body because you had John Daly's Darren Clark's yeah. all these guys Colin Montgomery <coughs> They didn't look like athletes. No. They weren't. They could hit the golf ball. Their timing, their rhythm, their ability was... It was unquestionable. They were they still elite players. Yeah. They just weren't athletes. Tiger came in as an athlete with all the ability that these guys had, if not surpassing them. Yeah. Like his 99 win... Was it... Was it 99 or 97? Well, Masters. When he had such a huge lead. I think it was 97 his first one he blew the field away and he's still to this yeah, day yeah 71 by 12 strokes yeah. yeah yeah. and he's still to this day in the US Open has the largest win I think it was 15 shots difference or something like that yeah because it was 21 under he finished yeah in a US Open yeah <laughs> that's unheard of the Taurus are hard courses <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so he just yeah summarising that up he just changed the game he changed the way these players around him and the youth that were coming through that we've seen now that obviously are all of the age where they were brought up watching Tiger and going I got into golf because of Tiger Yeah. they applied themselves to the same level that he did but with that brings so much more competition that you're not going to get someone like Tiger that will go through that time period of just pure dominance yeah that's the difference there isn't it yeah Jack has his 18 majors and I think that will probably until I die anyway yeah. go down as the all time major wins you forget how many seconds he had as well in it so he could have been way further ahead than Tiger is now yeah about the times that Watson won that he's right behind them yeah you know what I mean so yeah like, yeah frightening but the only person that was able to change the tally for most majors was Tiger yeah. unfortunately because of some of the downfalls that we'll go into that's what killed it for him yeah. he lost all the momentum after 2008 because his body just started packing in on him yeah quite a, quite a fucking bad time for him to be fair but what we'll do then we'll go back to the start then so as we said yeah, grew up in Lawrence County California and introduced to the game of golf by his father Earl no massive figure in his life. Yeah. Quite a famous figure as well, if you think about it. You think about Tiger, the second thought was going to be his dad. Yeah. To most people, in most cases, to be fair. Uh, Errol was a Vietnam War veteran and um, single-digit handicap amateur golfer. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so he was good in his own right. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And obviously through him, Tiger then got into 
golf and um well i think you say he got was well, the way you phrase that obviously got into golf through his dad the way his dad spoke about him yeah obviously if you watch enough documentaries and that is earl claimed that he was prophesized for the game of yeah, golf he did, didn't he? yeah and well, that is, that yeah tiger was or eldrick was going to be the messiah not just for golf but in for the world yeah the black man yeah coming in and ruling the game yeah and then further afield from that he had so some amount of pressure to put on a boy's shoulders he was playing from two years old he was yeah. showing talent from two to three years old well he built him a like a mini practice area in the back garden didn't he yeah yeah so this is the the scariest start I've ever seen in my life though. At age three, <laughs> he shot a 48 over nine holes. Like age three's even count to 48. I could do that in three holes at that age. 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously Tiger then spent a lot of time with his dad at the uh, the Navy Navy base course, I think it was. Yeah. Naval Air Base course. Where his dad actually played and then um, went on to just keep showing progression in the game and then go to the age of eight and he first breaks 80. Now... Struggle to do that now. Yeah, I mean, I played today. All right, how'd you get on? It's something was golf club outside the lookers. It was windy. It was cold. <laughs> it's a part long course. It was Scotland then. It was Scotland. <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare to be fair. Um, I need to get my finger out and get back in the range. But anyway, eight years old, he breaks 80. Um, yeah, get your head around that. He was just that good. Yeah. He just had a natural talent for the game at a very early age. Yeah, but... But he had the right... <sighs> we'll obviously go on to how much Earl sort of had positive effect on Tiger and then had a negative effect on Tiger as well. Yeah. But he, he had a crap ton of natural ability for the game. But he had the right person who had the same passion verging on obsession of the sport yeah. to give him as much access to golf as possible. He had a coach at a very young age, one of the boys, the the head I think he was the head pro at the airbase yeah. yeah. course. He was giving Tiger lessons from a very early age. Always again directing him in the right path for the game so it just it's not to say that Tiger wouldn't have been good at golf regardless he clearly had that natural talent but yeah. he had all the right components at the right time in the right place that's a good way of looking at it actually I mean for me I came into the game quite late and like your average Joe like us don't have the luxury of being able to go and play every single day go to the range every single day get access to a course where really it's going to be you and your dad yeah you know and what I mean the head pro who clearly pro. saw exactly what Earl saw in Tiger yeah. I can't remember the guy's name I really should no, know I that, should to, to get down from myself. the documentary I remember seeing it but yeah <clears throat> he he clearly as we say saw exactly what Earl saw in Tiger in terms of talent and ability so he wanted as most coaches or those who teach they want to mould it. Yeah. They can't help themselves. It's, it's, that's their thing. So he was always going to jump at the chance to help and mould Tiger and have an impact on him. But yeah. So yeah, Tiger was good from a very young age and he continued that, didn't he? Yeah, big thing. Uh, went on to win six Junior World Championships, um, including four consecutive wins between 1988 and 1991. This, God, this is another start that's making me sick, man. Tiger first broke 70 on a regulation golf course at age 12. Tiger broke that many stats and will continue to break stats that you'll be sick. Yeah, you <laughs> there's no point you in, there's no point in getting too wound up about it. It's just <laughs> sit back and appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously 15 years old and a student Anaheim Anaheim yeah. yeah he becomes the youngest US junior amateur champion now we also talked about Fitzy winning that same feat yeah yeah was it over 10 years ago now would have been oh, must be 
10, 12 years ago. So you, you, you see the level of the, like, this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And Tiger Woods wins it at 15 years old. And uh, he won that consecutively three times as well. <laughs> he just dominated wherever he was, didn't he? Yeah, it seemed to be the case, yeah. And then, age 19, Woods participates in the first PGA Tour Major, well, his first, sorry, 1995 Masters. 19 years old. He's playing Augusta. Was that 95 or was that 96? No. He won 97. He won 97. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So he, he turned so was 12, first, didn't he? Yeah. So was this the infamous when they got him down into interviewing him, the hello world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the world, Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even at that age, man, he's just like, he's making his mark in the sand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, finished tied for 41st and was the only amateur to make the cut. Like, obviously, I don't, have any recollection of what was in this? I didn't. It's nineteen ninety five. I, 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 I barely even it. remember his ninety seven one when he won it. I just know he took the game by storm, and all the yep. pros that were around it were just like, "Who the hell does this kid think he is?" Yep. I really only sort of remember from ninety nine. I would say that's him. Yeah, from my memory anyway, definitely going back. Ninety seven. I was ten. Yeah. So. If I watched golf at that point, it was just because I was sat beside my dad watching golf. Yeah. So I just, I was watching the ball. I was, I was not paying attention to who was the person hitting yeah. it. I was yeah. just enjoying sitting next to my dad watching golf. Again, watching the highlights that we get, like online, you know, stuff like that. You can watch it back. I mean, I've watched the nineteen eighty seven a couple of times, from start to finish on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, that was nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six. Like you just said, they turned professional. And yeah. he's uh, 20 year old at the time. That was the, yeah, hello world. Yeah, at that point and this is where it got nuts. Like, fast. Everybody wanted a piece of Tiger Woods. 20 year old Tiger and I Woods. I think as well, there'd been coloured golfers before him. Yeah. But there was clearly an aura around Tiger and there was something different and the world took notice of that very quickly. Yeah. But the fact that he was a coloured player in a predominantly white sport let's not shy away from it it was a white rich man sport especially not too different in this country but certainly in America he often wasn't allowed in a lot of golf clubs and and to invite a team to play at golf courses but they couldn't get away from it once he was on the tour and he was a professional but Nike or Nike just the way to see how it depends Nike, because that's how they claim it's pronounced, isn't yeah. it? So I'll give them the respect that they're due. They, being the world, uh, amazing fans across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> but Nike were very quick to identify this person's going to be huge. Not maybe he'll transcend the sport, as we said at some point, and for a long period of time he was bigger than the game. They foresaw that, they jumped at the chance, they got him quickly. They had a track record of doing that. You look at the the stars that they had from the NFL, baseball. Michael Jordan being the biggest. Basketball, Michael yeah. Jordan, exactly, yeah. So they jumped at Tiger and the hurricane started. Yeah. It was just different levels for endorsement for a, a golf and athlete. Yeah. Doesn't matter what time it was, it like, doesn't matter when it was, it's just for golf. A and golf Nike, athlete. Nike weren't big in the game of golf at that point. No. So no. it was a big jump into an unknown area for them. Yeah. Because previous to that, he was Titleist. And obviously, Titleist at that point, probably the biggest name in golf. Yeah. Everyone wanted a Scotty Cameron. Everyone loved Folky Wedges. And Titleist was just, you. it was just the brand. Yeah. Number one ball in golf. Yeah, still well to this day. Yeah. But. Obviously, not that they're any less big now, but there are a lot of brands that have caught up to them. Yeah, big time. Yeah. But Nike were a huge. What do you want to call it? Nike were. I've been saying Nike again, haven't I? You go from Nike to Nike to Nike to Nike. Right. Nike, Nike, Nike. Sorry. I'm just so used to calling it the other one, but Nike. They were. They were so much bigger in other sports. Yeah. 
golf just wasn't their thing but they obviously saw that much in Tiger that it was they were all in because they started making equipment very quickly very good equipment no it's not obviously but the, the level their, they I, their irons were always good yeah I had a set as a kid um, loved them uh, still kept them still got them now you had them for a brief period of time was sort Play of enough, yeah. set. yes we did um, blades beautiful one yeah so it was a pro combo set so blades from sort of seven iron down a cavity back upwards for a bit more forgiveness they weren't always great at the woods the woods were a bit underwhelming but at, later on in their development this is yeah. very early on with their woods so yeah because the three would go a lot like, when yeah. they started making that right and they they went through some fucking mental designs with the uh, square head and everything else and all Vapor this. Flying, sort of that. There was a very, very known secret in the early driver models that Tiger couldn't hit it, didn't like it, mm. and he was still using a Titleist driver. It just had the Nike hit Nike. <laughs> fucking hell, Nike! <laughs> I'm trying to break thirty-five years of habits here. <laughs> Nike head cover on it so it was to try and hide it yeah and the cameras weren't as always zoomed in and as detailed as they are now that you can pick out quite clearly oh that player's not using the latest model of driver it's yeah. two generations old but he's still signed to the company so yeah but they did make good equipment as as they got on they got so much better and they did make some very very good stuff even the golf balls that's a point were good the well, one they reached in the same level was Titleist with the Pro V1, well, obviously. Had, they had at the time the world number one and two because they had David Duval as well. And they came out with the two golf balls that either had TW on the side or DD. So you had David Duval and Tiger Woods. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, they had them both at the belt. So again, they jumped in quite heavy on in golf and they obviously decided that they wanted it. So yeah, 96, he's 20 years old, he's just turned pro and he strikes a massive deal with Nike. Yeah, that's Nike, fuck's sake. Yeah, I was going to say it there, but I'm, I'm, I'm sick of correcting you, mate. No I'm not going to mention them again I'll make an in the rest of this myself. episode, yeah, I'll make an arse of myself next. So yeah, go from 96 through to 97. Um, by the end of April, Tiger had won three PGA Tour events in addition to his first major. We've already mentioned that. You all know about it. The 1997 Masters, where he took the fucking piss, let's be honest. Yeah... If you look at over the four days, well, you had one bad afternoon. It's, it's not even just that. <laughs> yeah, one bad afternoon. Shock. What a shame. Oh, God. But it was more so, if you look at the previous winners, their total score up to that point, mm -hmm. they were never getting the better of that golf course. I'm sure they like, in that time frame you're talking about. I mean, Faldo was a lead of... He won by two or three strokes mm -hmm. and there, it was only six yeah maybe seven but to go and get double digits to win by 12 <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it not it not been done before and certainly not as uh, effortless <laughs> as he made it yeah you knew you just I mean everybody knew obviously but like, yeah that was him he was just living up to the hype he was just and he wasn't scared of it he clearly it was I'm good at this game I know I'm good at this game yeah. this is me say what you want try and do what you want I'm going to dominate and that's thanks to his dad and still on that mentality and Tom Young but it could have gone either way with that idea of being a messiah that <laughs> was right though <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Messiah, but you know the guy no, changed yeah, the game. Say, the guy changes the game. In terms, in terms of the game of golf, yeah. keep it into the game of golf. Yeah, golf context. His, yeah, his dad got it spot on. Yeah, we'll eventually catch up to what happened off the golf course. And yeah, yeah. wasn't. So we will get right into that. So yeah, Masters win. Um, then send him to number one in the world by ninety-seven, age twenty. Less than a year after turning professional, <laughs> he is world number one. But that's kind of a bit more of a common occurrence now. Look at Scotty Scheffler, he got there very quickly. Um, and then you bring him to that other field he's competing against as well. So yeah, but it just goes to show that if you're on a hot streak, 
for in a short period of time yeah. you can do a lot in the world rankings and in the game but yeah no but Tiger was probably the, the, the first to really do it at that young an age and just it was just clearly obvious it was just a matter of when not yeah. if disgusting to be <laughs> um, so yeah he was then quickly becoming the most dominant force in golf yeah um, 1988 underwhelming some may say if you, well, you look at 97 I suppose it is underwhelming um, 1999 he finished the season with 8 wins including the PGA Championship tick another major yeah and um, yeah this is where the rumours would have started I suppose regarding the video game yeah so obviously this was him starting to as we call it now the brand this yeah. was the, the growth of the Tiger Woods brand where it was clear and evident that he was such a huge phenomenon in, yeah. in the game that golf was so popular at that point because of Tiger he brought in a whole again let's not shy away from it he brought in a whole new race of humans to the game Yeah, that maybe there was a small percentage of them already had a interest in the game the ability to play the game but it opened up to the masses in America Europe was just sold they they followed suit it was just yep this is the Tiger show now it's not it's not the PGA it's the Tiger show yeah. and so EA were very quick again not unlike Nike <laughs> proud of you man proud of you thank you proud of myself <laughs> So yeah, they were quick to jump on and get him as the the poster boy for the latest golf game. Insane. I mean, the way a video game video game changes the dynamic of a sport again. I mean, Tiger changed it. Made it different. The video game. Like you said, brings in more fans. It just more yeah, players. increased the popularity of it. It, got, it was maybe kids who enjoyed watching this unbelievable talent just hit shot after shot and just the excitement that was in it. You could now do it yourself in your own bedroom, yeah. controlling again Tiger Woods and maybe other golfers that were big at that point, but Tiger clearly being the biggest. And you could go out and you could be Tiger Woods. Yeah. It was a small sniff to it. And then from there, maybe grew that you actually went to a driving range and got an actual set of golf clubs. And so just, yeah, it just furthered that growth of popularity of Tiger Woods and it improved the numbers actually coming to the game of golf. Yeah. So the endorsement itself ran from 1998 to 2013. Yep. So when it started, 1988 the deal that was struck between Woods and EA Sports was worth a reported 6.2 million dollars potentially 7 million yeah a year at his height this is over that 15 years yeah and this is why he was the first sportsman to get to a billion because again he he wasn't he daft he capitalized on the success very quickly as yeah. well he, he made a lot of i don't know who was obviously maybe in the back helping him out with it whether it was mum and dad or he just had a very good management team around him but they were very clever and very correct in all the decisions that they took in terms of all their endorsements yeah. so yeah <laughs> and he, he was the first sportsman to get to a billion it's just nuts just yeah you think about made with that era different sports I was going to say Floyd Mayweather, but he wasn't making that kind of money back then. I mean, Michael Jordan was making millions, but you know he was coming towards the end of his career, that sort of point as well. So yeah, he got he he was the number one figure for yeah. like gross net. You know yeah, he mean? was probably the biggest athlete in the world. Yeah, in terms of popularity and just everybody knew who Tiger was. Yeah, and everybody knows the game. Games, should I say? Was yeah. that? I mean. Yeah, 1988, double 2013, that was just EA Sports. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was good. Oh, I loved it. But it, got, it got me into golf more. You know what I mean? It took my interest and peaked it. Um, but yeah, so from there, 
in the year 2000. He didn't do an awful lot in 2000, did he? Well. It was a quiet year for Tiger. I, yeah, pretty quiet. I mean, um, he won six consecutive events in the PGA Tour, one being the US Open. Dick, another major. Age 24, he became the youngest golfer to achieve the career ga- grand slam. See, I keep starting because I keep thinking of these stats and reading them out, and I'm like, oh, that just can't be true. But yeah, that, that happened. 24, youngest golfer to achieve the career grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've probably already run out of superlatives superlatives to to use for the man, um, and we've got a lot more to talk about. Yeah, but yeah, two thousand was just kind of the start, wasn't it? It was just he was at his peak of his powers at, yeah. at that point. Between two thousand and two thousand and five, the man was just unplayable. You just, Untouchable. Yeah, he was just that good. Um, yeah, so obviously Grand Slam, one of the youngest players to do it. Of as we've previously spoken about, one of only did we say it was six or five, five players. Five, five. Yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack. Gene Saracen. Yep. Uh, Tiger. Crap, we've already spoken about this, and I can't remember the other two. Player. Yep. And it should have been Gene Saracen that would have been the hardest one to get. And I yeah, but it was the easiest. <laughs> Ugh, and one other, I do apologise. But yeah. <coughs> so, <laughs> yeah, career Grand Slam. It was just, I remember watching him at St Andrews in 2000. And obviously that in itself was an awesome tournament for him to win. Not only was it a major, it was at the home of golf. Um, first time he'd played the open there and he wins it he didn't he include the practice rounds in this stat he didn't go in a single bunker in the entire week now that golf course has that's a bad way to even describe it that golf course is littered yes with bunkers yeah he never hit one it was just yeah he was frighteningly good um. Yeah, there's not much more we can talk about in 2000 other than to say is he just decided to completely destroy the year and anyone's chances of winning a major that year. With you go 2001, the next year, he then wins the Masters. Yep. He became the only player to win four consecutive major professional golf titles. And he then. held them all at the time as well, which, <laughs> you know, greedy get. And then obviously the, the uh, achievement came to be known as the... Tiger Slam. Tiger Slam. Yeah. yeah so he's just moving the needle every and which way yep. he can. Um, so yeah, for an absolute joke of uh, 2001. 2002 mm-hmm. continues to dominate the tour. Yep. Um, well... It's said that his career had a dip because he didn't win a major in 2003 and 2004. And we talk about that now, like in, in terms of today's yeah. golfers. Like, look at Rory McIlroy, the, the gap of which. So, he's 25 had. years he's not won a major? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it still looked as, a, as a, an underwhelming stat for him, and he's not performed well enough and everything else yeah. like that. But Tiger had gone on that period and one year he didn't win. And there's only four in a year. That's the thing. So yeah. there was four majors in that one year. He didn't win one of them. Eh, he's terrible. Yeah. He's, 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 that's it. He's just peaked and that's it now. We're going we're gonna to... I'm pretty sure there's only one, one of the majors he finished up in the top ten. Yeah. We're going to watch him fade now into yeah. non-existency. And then 2004 hit. <laughs> And he lost his number one place because Vijay Singh was flying. Yeah, he was playing really well at that time. So again, they compound it even more. He's now lost his number one spot. He's not Damn won a spiral. major in the last year. Yeah. This is it. It's just it's the media for you, I suppose. Eh? Oh, we love to kick people when they're at the top, don't we? No, so 
So like Tom said, Vijay Singh overtook him, number one, um, breaking the streak that you had at a time of 264 weeks, number one. But then he came back the following year, 2005, now all knows it's a decent year for Woods, winning six PGA Tour events and reclaiming the top spot in July, mm-hmm. so we didn't wait about for no. that long to be fair. Uh, but that still shows how well VJ was playing at that point to hold him off till July at least. Yeah, but again, it's like back and forth, isn't it? Back and forth, like Scotty, Ram and McElroy, there's three boys at the minute, I'm flying for number one. Well, Scotty Scheffler after this week will be back to number one. I think so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, goal five, decent year. He begins dominantly again in all six. Well, 2005, let's not forget, he won St Andrews again. Again, yeah. All six, dominant again. Won his first two PGA tournaments. But um, this is what is written here. Failing to capture his fifth Masters Championship in Edwell. Yeah. This is all six. And the talk the way he's written is that he's, he's, he failed. Who won it that year, 2005? The Masters? Yeah. Off the top of my head, I want to say... Oh, fuck. Uh, wasn't he Mike Weir, was it? Pause. Continue and I shall research. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, this is where it gets a bit dicey for Tiger. Um oh, six is also a year they lost his father. Um which obviously would have had a mental effect on the man himself. Yeah, massive. Sorry, so, I've just found out it was Chris DeMarco. Was it not? No, he, he won that in two thousand five. Oh, it's two thousand six we're talking, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck's sake, I'm having a shocker here, folks. <laughs> he's been all he's been no well for a couple of weeks, so give him a break. Uh aye. So he runs it off so five no six was DeMarco you say? No, it wasn't DeMarco. He beat DeMarco in two thousand five in a playoff to win the Masters. Right. So uh That was Phil. Full of throw. Yeah, Phil won it. Oh six. Aye, that was his first one. Fucking hell. Aye, so, anyway, so yeah. sorry. obviously, Elwood's passed away in the May. Uh, Tiger then, obviously, as expect, takes time away from the game. Yeah, then he returns at the U.S. Open. Um, the overall f- feel was he looks rusty, doesn't look interested. Yeah, he clearly looked like there was a, an awful lot of weight, over weight on his shoulders and a cloud hanging around him. Like you say, that's probably the best way to describe it. His dad died. His the biggest sort of BB influence in his life. Yeah. Slash be his dad, father figure. His greatest constant. His greatest champion. But it, it was just his... You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. His greatest constant that was always there was no longer there. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier on, they're quick to knock down a peg or two in there when they can. Even when it's mentioned of your father passing away. But yeah, after that US Open, he comes back and he actually finishes the year quite strongly. Um, ending the year with six consecutive tour events. Mm-hmm. Being one. And at the close of 2006, Woods had 54 total wins that included 12 majors in the bag. He broke the tour record for both total wins and total majors wins over 11 seasons. I... Uh- if we're talking about stats just now, we're getting too geeky with the stats. I read a comment, and I'm going to get it completely wrong. But if you took Tiger's time period between 2000 and 2005, yeah, right, and you put similar people, McRoy, Ram, Scotty Scheffler, Brooks, DJ, they come away with only having at their best three majors and maybe pushing past eight to ten PGA Tour wins Tiger was already into well into double digits in the PGA and double close to double digits in majors over 11 seasons yeah I mean, like, again, we keep using them because he's also one of those like constants that you think about in golf. McIlroy turned professional in 
2009? No. No, earlier than that, wasn't it? Was it 07? Yeah. Anyway, so, my maths again, utter shite. <laughs> 07 to now, he's got a total of... Four? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. four. Four wins, majors. Obviously, two events. You'll be up there, but he's nowhere near. 54. Again, you could list off... Right, so, the, in terms of the last two decades, the biggest players... McElroy, four majors. DJ, two. Brooks, four. John Ram, one. Colin Morikawa, two. Two. Well, he's won the PGA and the Open. Yeah. Yeah. Spieth, he's three. Yeah. Justin Thomas, two. The two is it? He's won the PGA twice. So we have saw there. Yeah. So. And these guys are all superb golfers. Top tenors. Yeah. Top elite golfers. And not one of them can come close. <laughs> right. So, we've said there the most that any one of them had won was four. Yeah. Tiger did that in one year. <laughs> one, not calendar year, but in a 12-month period. Yeah. He won four. Yeah. And to that point he held all four that just shows like there's no amount of praise that you can put on that guy's golfing career and I again I stress keep it inside golf on this guy's golfing career he's unbelievable yeah this I said at the start like the biggest comparison for him is Jack It's just he would have gone on to beating it. I, I, I genuinely believe as much as I'm take gonna, away the injuries, take I'm, away the cardio. Yeah, on, yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock it here and say I'm not the biggest Tiger Woods fan. I'm the biggest. I've got the greatest respect for the guy yeah. in what he's done in the game of golf. My view is I view him as a whole on the course and off the course. That's where I say I can't be a huge fan of the guy because unfortunately I just I can't get past his misdemeanors off the golf course but in terms of what he's done for the game yeah. and what he's achieved in the game I've got nothing but great amount of respect and admiration for what he's done but he hurt himself especially when we get to 2008 because 2007 he was quite quiet realistically by his standards was he not yeah, but again, I think that was called still the overspell from... That was him, yeah, sort of maybe... It was the start of his misdemeanours off the golf course. That, correct. And obviously um, the drug use and that as well came yeah. into that sort of area. And obviously, I mean, He was trying to fill the void of his father's loss. Yeah, I mean, the whole tactical training. If you watched the HBO Max documentary... Yeah, that was... I knew no, no, nothing about this no, until I, the documentary. I didn't, didn't realise that, that he started training with Navy SEALs and... Yeah. Like intense and, and, and proper almost asking them to kick seven shades of shit out of him yeah like a go about it got yeah. almost self-harming without self-harming yeah so again I, I put it down to him trying to fill this void that he, he obviously was suffering from the loss of his father he didn't know how to process it again if you watch that documentary a lot of his childhood which we've not gone into outside of the golfing environment it's deep it is really deep and it does kind of shed a light on why he tried to go down a path to deal with this void of the loss of his father because of such an impact that Earl had on him for the good and for the bad. But obviously with this, so far we've done nothing but really say that, that Earl was the, the big influence and the, the best guy for him in that, but I mean the documentary, which is brilliant by the way, mm -hmm. there's been a few over, over the years, but that yeah, one's it, got it, to be the it best. Does, it does cast a very um, balanced view of Earl in terms of his misdemeanors because yeah. Tiger was as a kid so if we're going to go into it Tiger as a kid on the uh, naval air space getting a lesson from the, the pro at the time on the either on the short game range or even on the course Earl was in the camper van with another woman having sex the camper van they used frequently. having many affairs yeah while Tiger's mum was at home but Tiger was there 
Tiger saw, oh, oh, kids always see these things, and Tiger saw that. What to saw as well, at times we were told in that documentary, yeah. he actually like, walked in and, I mean, you all think of the trauma the, the kid did have, and then obviously the uh, barking from his dad to be the best, to be the on best. The, on the back of that, Tiger actually had a, a girlfriend that was really good for him, and actually brought out a, a positive side in him. Again, this documentary sheds light on that, and you actually get to see an interview with her, and out of nowhere, because his sole focus wasn't 110% on golf, Earl stamped it out, made him break up with her, and it was no longer a, a positive impact on his life. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does shed a little bit of a, a grey area on Earl's negative impact on Tiger, and that clearly becomes evident after Earl leaves, or sorry, dies, and is no longer in Tiger's life, that he followed in his father's footsteps. Started off by trying to fill the void by doing the tactical training and just getting battered by professional soldiers. I mean, his routine would have been like gym, course. Well, that was tactical. That was what he was trying to do because he, he he loved his gym work and how he trained and all that, and he just wanted to find a more intense and ex, extreme version of that, and that's why he got into the, yeah. the tactical training. But then he started getting injuries from it because. You got to throw it about and ragdolled. Yeah. Oh, my back's sore. Fuck. But then he started the women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was, again, trying to fill a void. Um, Was he with his wife at the time by this point? Yeah. Jasper Parnovic's babysitter was how you met her, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, yeah. So, yeah. But you touched on it there, sort of, um, oh, wait... Obviously, haven't started those seven, oh eight, all the rest of it. The U.S. Open. Yeah. This has got to be the most publicised U.S. Open out there. Yeah, just for what he managed to do. Like the the shot that always sits in my head is the tee shot. I couldn't tell you what hole it is. Yep. He just hits the tee shot, and you just see him cringe and fold and collapse to the ground and that was clearly evident that there was a serious problem with him yeah. and obviously most mere mortals are looking at that going he's not finishing this round of golf he's not finishing this tournament he needs to get to a hospital ASAP yeah. like everything private previous to this Tiger was a machine he was just there was no Weakness. There was no chink in the armor. It was he is a physical specimen. He's now on the floor in clear pain. Like you can see his face. He's in agony. Yeah. But now he goes on to win the damn thing. <laughs> well, he wins the U.S. Open on one leg, literally on one leg. The toughest oh, conditions God. in most major events in any year. Yeah, I mean, he beats Rocco Media. Media, yeah. Media, and I always get his name wrong, man. Yeah, Rocco, Ro Rocco Media. Don't let, don't make me say Nike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he wins that at a playoff. So yeah, it wasn't that he even won it like in regulation holes. Like he was already broken, battered, and bruised. Had played seventy-two holes and then had to go again after signing the card, giving the body time to seize up, and go and play a playoff, and still win the major. Playing against a very capable golfer. Oh yeah. I mean, the interview from Rocco after at the presser, and you, you just see his face. He's like, like you said, the guy's a machine. It's not. It's not normal. Yeah. He literally beat everyone in the field this week on one leg on one leg yeah yeah it just it's insane I mean well you mentioned that a few episodes ago there's no like there's no giving up in this man yeah you know it, what I mean again that probably comes down to the good side of Earl's impact on him yeah. he had this religious belief that he will not quit he may not win but he will not quit or give up it's just not there yeah but as we showed 
or have spoken about in 2008 wins the US Open on one leg <laughs> but he did pay the price for that he did pay the price so yeah which is what we will go on to yes in, in part two of in this. part two so yeah thanks for listening and um, this is the end of part one um, part two we're going to deep a dive, sorry, a little bit deeper into the demise, the demise, the fall, the fall of Tiger Woods, um, and the slight redemption. Yeah, the pick up at the end is good. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Of course, as per usual, keep uh, tuning into the social media, give us a follow, give us a share, and if you listen on any of the podcast formats like Spotify, Apple, anything like that, please follow. And if you do feel like you want to give us a review, please do. And uh, yeah. Yep. All the reviews are more than welcome. They don't always have to be good. No. You can criticize us for when I sound like a bag of rusty nails. Or if I am out ill and can't come uh, <laughs> <laughs> fill out a week by week. They'll episode. be attacking you in the DMs, man. <laughs> well, supposedly, according to you, they'll be attacking me because I no longer sound. What was the word you used? Husky. Husky. Yes. Yeah. It's not normal again, which is, isn't attractive to anybody. <laughs>